Hey there, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have David Wood with us today, all the way from Los Angeles. Now, David is an entrepreneur and was an was actually working with Fortune 500 companies as an actuary before and then decided to go and work with entrepreneurs, helping them do what they do better, faster, and with more quality. So let's welcome David and let's talk to him about his journey. So welcome, David. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, Rajiv. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, when I read through the description of your podcast, I started thinking, yeah, what was my my plan B? I started uh, in a country town in Australia and grew up very left-brained. And I didn't know that until later. But I had a tragedy when I was seven years old and some trauma and apparently a response is to shut down the emotions and I just focused on logic. Now, the upside was I came top of my school. I got paid to go to college. I got a job transferred in New York at the age of 23. And I'm there on Park Avenue consulting to Ford and Sony and Exxon. And I'm like, look at, look at me. I've got it made. But then I discovered that I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with, with, with this job and the way I was living. And fortunately, I found coaching and I got coached and I found that I knew nothing about emotional intelligence. What was I feeling in my body? What was actually going on for me? What are my hidden desires? What have I been tolerating? And through coaching, I was able to uncover a lot of this stuff. And in my upcoming book, which is coming out June 13, I'm very excited. Uh, I talk about how to, I show, I don't talk about it. I show you how to discover what's happening in you and then how to name that with any relationship you're in. It could be with your boss, with your secretary, with your coworkers, with your kids, how to name that and come into connection. So the first half of my life was about numbers and business and systems and money. And I still love all of those things. But the second half of my life was sitting with gurus and teachers and coaches and uncovering the rest of me so that I could bring that into connection with other people. I don't know if I answered your question, but it was fun to share that. No, absolutely. So, you know, I'm curious, why the, why the title Mouse in the Room for your book? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, it's Mouse in the Room because the elephant isn't alone. And I was thinking, how do I share this concept with the world in a way people can grab it straight away? The concept that there are hidden things that need to come out into the open. And I thought, what do we have already in society that's closest to that? The elephant in the room. We know that expression. You see it, I see it, no one's saying anything. If I came to this interview with blood on my face, we don't talk about it, that's weird. That's an elephant in the room. My last podcast interview, the podcast host had a jacket on and no shirt, (laughs) bare chest. Mm-hmm. You know, for five minutes, I kept looking at it. Is that a skin colored shirt or is that guy got no shirt on? That's an elephant in the room. And I could have written this book. I could have called it Address the Elephant in the Room. That's a good start. But so many creatures in the room are much more subtle. It's not an obvious elephant. It might be just something. It's any personal experience you have. It could be a thought, a feeling you're having, a body sensation. These are mice. 
and we need to discover our mice and then name them. Now, in terms of uh, your career, you know, kind of being on the logical side of it, yeah, the success that you had and thinking that was what it meant to be, and then actually trying to dig deep into yourself and saying, okay, what am I missing? Tell us about the timeline there. You know, how many years did you do that before you realized you're not happy? Well, I like that question. Well, I did the I did the consulting actuary thing. It took me eight years to qualify as an actuary. And it was hard, like three years at college and then uh, four or five years studying while I'm working. And then once I'd, once I'd qualified, it was a year into that that I, I discovered personal growth and self-expression, authenticity and leadership. I'm like, okay, I got to get coaching on this. And then I didn't just jump straight into it, into a new profession. I quit my job and I, I started looking for desire mice. It's, there are eight categories of mice in the book. And one category is desire mice. And I'm like, what, what, do I, what have I always wanted to do? If I had six months off, what would I do? And this was my plan B. I realized I'd like to play guitar in pubs and for parties and sing with a wireless microphone and walk around the crowd and get everybody up dancing, singing piano man. And, you know, I'd put on a blonde wig and sing a, a song from ABBA or I'd, I'd put on a, a, a black Afro wig and I'd sing blame it on the boogie. And so I'd always wanted to do that. So I did that for a year, even on national television, I did that. So that was my plan B. And then I discovered that, um, I just realized that coaching lit me up. I couldn't help when someone was stuck. I couldn't help say, well, have you considered this? Because I see the pieces. One of, one of the gifts that I have is just take a hundred puzzle pieces and I can see where they could fit in and which ones to address first. And when you're in it, in your own life, it's very hard to do that. It's almost impossible. You can't read the label from inside the jar. So I couldn't, on my own, learn all about authenticity, transparency, leadership, connection, communication. It was too hard to do it alone, but with someone else pointing out where I was going off the rails, that's where I, I got to excel. So I thought, I want to do that for other people. So I went and trained, got myself certified. That was in 98. And now it's been 24 years since I began that journey and I've never stopped coaching and training people and, and motivational speaking. There's also a plan. So I guess coaching was plan C and then the plan D I've always wanted to be an actor. I've always been drawn towards performance. And that's another sneaky little desire mouse that's been in the background. I didn't even tell people. I went and did a couple of short films over the course of my life, but I didn't say to someone, I've always wanted to know what would happen if I moved to Los Angeles and I gave acting a really good shot. And then eight months ago, I finally named my mouse to a friend and she said, oh, I did that. I'm like, really? We started talking about it. A week later, Rajiv, she called me and said, do you want to come to an audition with me? I'm going to audition for Dracula, a, a local play. 
And my first thought was, well, I haven't even done a class yet. Why? No. And the next thought was, well, this is the universe knocking. This is your desire mouse coming into coming to fruition. You should go. So I went and I, I did the audition and I got the lead. They cast me as Dracula. Awesome. So one thing led to another. Now, eight months later, here I am in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and I, I just put up my second scene for the class last night. It was a scene from Analyze This, and I'm, I'm auditioning and I'm living the life of an actor. And I've been paid, which is amazing. Not a huge amount, but you know, for me, $2,000, eight months into a new acting career, I'm excited. I'm like, all right, there's potential. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let me ask you this, you know, when you found out you were not happy and you wanted to make that transition, what prompted you to go find some, find a coach? Naming it. I had toleration mice and I, and I named them. I shared with a trusted friend. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. Also, I had a pain in my belly and I went to the to the doctor and he said, well, it sounds like stress. I was like, stress? I don't have stress. I have a pain in the belly. Uh, but my, my marriage wasn't going very well. And he was right. I had stress, which is ironic because last night I played a character who's freaking out. And then the psychiatrist says, it sounds like this is just stress. And he's like, that's all it is. So, um, and a friend of mine said, you should get coaching. You should get some, go on, go on, you know, get some help with this. And so I did. And I got some wonderful coaching and it changed my life. The coach, the coach kept encouraging me to discover my mice. What's going on underneath that? Who do you feel incomplete with? Make a list of your desires. This is in the book. These exercises are in the book. Make a list of your toleration mice. What are you putting up with? And then decide if you're going to go and do something about that. Are you going to name it or are you going to hide behind a mask? Well, my first instinct was I'm going to hide behind a mask. I'm not going to call this bully from high school that I still resent 20 years later. You kidding? Coach said, why? I said, because he's going to think I'm an idiot. And she didn't have the terminology of the mouse, but to paraphrase, she said, well, that's a new mouse. That's a fear you've got. Lead with that. Tell him that. I was like, oh my God. Okay. So I called this guy after 20 years and I said, look, I just want to name a couple of things with you. Firstly, I'm terrified to make this call because I'm worried you're going to think I'm a complete idiot. And he got curious. He's like, oh, well, what have you got? Tell me about it. And I said, I've been resenting you for 20 years. I felt like you always won up to me. I was trying to like top you and you were trying to top me and you were better at it. And we used to be friends and I've resented you for 20 years and I'm letting go of it and you don't have to do anything. I just, I wanted you to know and terrifying conversation. And he said something that blew my mind. This is the jerk from high school. This jerk from high school said, well, what can I say or do now? to help us move forward. It's like, holy shit. He became a friend that day. One call. And then when I went back a few years later to my hometown, he was there in the pub 
And normally we wouldn't talk to each other. He invited me to join his table. And later on, we all went back to his place for drinks. And this guy that I was terrified what he would think of me, he said to me quietly, I don't think I ever would have had the courage to make that phone call that you did. And I just want to acknowledge that. Awesome. Which is an appreciation mouse. So there's one example. Now, I'm not saying you've got to go and call bullies from high school. I'm saying the book will help you uncover what's there for you. It'll uncover who you are and it will show you an artful way to name that. And when you do that, magic happens. And I'm talking the magic from movies. We go and watch movies to see this where someone screws up their courage and they go and name something, they're vulnerable and things shift. We can have that in our life. Why, why do you think it's so important to, to name your mouses and how do you, or mice, or how do you know when you're being confronted with one? Oh, I love it. Yeah, how do you know there's a mouse? Well, you may find that you're complaining. You might be gossiping and complaining to someone else about someone. That's an indication that something's not working for you and you've got a toleration mouse. Uh, you may just find you don't like the person. I was at class last night and there's someone who I find is, I think is very loud and it, you know, keeps drawing the attention and yelling out at random times. And it, and I, I'm like, I don't like that. That's an opportunity to go underneath and say, what is it about that? Oh, well, my nervous system is a bit jumpy. And I find it distracting when I'm trying to listen to the teacher. Um, I actually, it's a pet peeve of mine when someone's overtly pulling the attention of the room all the time, it's kind of a pet peeve. So I can discover my mice because I know there's something I don't like. You may also find you're feeling frustrated or, and it's, that could point to a desire that hasn't been met. You might want something in the bedroom from your partner. You might want a partner. You might want your kids to change their behavior. You might want your boss to include you. Here's a great exercise. Get a piece of paper. This is a pulled straight from the book. Get a piece of paper and list the things that you want from your partner, from your boss, from your staff, from your kids, from yourself. Just list it. We're building our awareness muscles. Then you can take a second piece of paper I'm, in my head, I'm changing my mind. I was going to mention a certain kind of a mouse. Oh, second piece of paper, list what's going well. List what you could appreciate more, what you could be grateful for. This is an appreciation mouse. Could be, again, kids, boss, coworkers, family. Maybe someone did something nice last night or yesterday and you didn't even say any, anything. I've got a confession mouse on my hands. Um, that guy who I said can be quite loud. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was backstage preparing and I was actually, I was on stage. I was, I was, the curtain was about to open and he's making jokes and, and laughing and doing all this thing on the side. And I found it distracting and I wanted him to shut up. And what I said was, Hey, can you give us the stage? And you know, it was just awkward and clumsy. And I didn't realize he was there because he had to open the curtain. So I'm going to apologize today and just say, look, that was clumsy. I was trying to get in into, into the, um, 
I forget the word, into the mood, into the zone for the character. And I was being distracted and I wanted you to stop. And I just said it in a clumsy way. And thank you for helping us out. There's an appreciation mouse. Thank you for managing the curtain and whatnot. It was clumsy. So that's also something to bear in mind. Even if you do name a mouse, which I kind of did it very clumsily with him. I didn't even name it. I said, could you give us a stage? I could have said, hey, I'm feeling distracted. Could you, could you quieten down? That would have been naming a mouse and making a request. And then he knows where I'm coming from. I didn't do it. I just made a request. He's got no idea where I'm coming from. And now I, I'm going to go back and repair that. You know, a lot of people, when they have these issues, you know, uh, mice that they're fighting, they tend to go inward. They tend to isolate themselves. They tend to kind of struggle with it uh, with, within themselves. Nobody consciously reaches out for help. If, if somebody does, they're few and far in between. So how do, you, how do you recognize such people and how do you encourage them to reach out in order to come out of that, that hole that they've dug for them there? How do you recognize people who might have mice that they're not naming? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I would call that an advanced technique because I want people to start with what's going on for you. So if you notice that, if you notice someone uh, maybe isn't, maybe they're quiet in a meeting, you've got a mouse. You've got a mouse. You've just noticed that they're quiet. What do I want here? Uh, I want to include them. I want to give them a chance to speak up and make sure they feel welcomed in the meeting. So you might name that. You might say, John, I noticed you, you've been quiet so far, and I just want to make sure you've got a chance to say anything if there's anything you want to add, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Right? So you can name your own mice with people. Uh, what we normally do is we skip that. We just skip that. Hey, John, anything you got to you got to add? And John may not know where you're coming from. John might feel criticized. When you can discover your why, oh, I have a desire for this. Um, maybe, you know, your kids might, they might be scared to say some things to you because if they say something wrong, they could get in trouble. You've got a lot of power. Your, your um, direct reports at work, there might be things that they're not willing to say. There is, I had an acting teacher and I, there were some things I didn't like about how the class was going. How do you name that? It would have been great if he said to everybody, if there's ever anything you've got about the class or something you want changed, text me. He could have done that. He didn't do it, right? So I've coached a lot of managers to create a safe space. And here are three questions you can use if you've got a team and you want to encourage them to give you feedback because who's going to give you feedback? Hey, you could change this about your management style. No, you can elicit feedback by saying, using the start, stop, continue questions. What's one thing I should continue doing in my management style? What's one thing that's working? What's one thing I should start doing that you wish I did? And what's one thing that I should stop doing that's getting in the way? I had to do a similar thing um, from my coach. My coach had me go and interview people close to me and ask them the questions you never ask people. 
what do you see as possible for me? Could be one question. But about the relationship, I ask questions like, have I ever disappointed you? Nobody asks that. Nobody. And it's a game-changing move. Give them a chance. Have I ever disappointed you? Ever betrayed a trust? Is there anything I do that annoys you? Now, I'd set context, and I'll show you in the book how to do it. You, You want to set it up so they feel safe. It might be, I want to ask questions so that I can feel closer to you and we can uh, be even more connected. I don't want anything withheld. So can I ask you a few questions um, and just say whatever comes to mind and you can pass on any question. That might be a way that you set up context and make it a safe space for people to share their mice. Also, if you've got a team, name this to the team. Maybe at your next meeting, I'd say read the book first read mouse in the room and then go to your team and say, how do we make this a safe space for people to share what's really going on? You could ask that question and you could say, I have a desire that this be a safer space for me and you guys to share when something's working and when, when things are not. And I know that that's not common in our society. So what about what about uh, the outcomes part of it, right? So by doing these exercises, what kind of an impact can it have on businesses in monetary terms? I like that you took it there because, you know, people might see mouse in the room and think, oh, it's, it's a self-help book. It is. It's definitely about growth. It's definitely about your life being better. It has huge business application. And I'll just give an example from the last interview that I was on. Someone said, you know, I want to, I would just want to point out that you hang with some really amazing people. How did that happen? And I said, well, it's the principles in this book. I'm blessed to be a member of the Transformational Leadership Council. It's a big deal for me in my life to be able to go away on retreat with thought leaders like Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup. Uh, I got to be walking with Marianne Williamson, uh, presidential candidate. Um, John Gray from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, an Oscar-winning producer. Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, I think, is a member now. And I get to hang with these people as peers. How did I get there? Like, sometimes I pinch myself. Like, What? And I think it's, I firmly believe it's taking risks to discover my mice and then name them. Not when they're easy, but when they're hard. The first time I went on retreat with these people, they, they introduced me and I stood up and I spoke and I named what was actually going on in my head and my body. I said, I'm freaking out a little bit. I feel starstruck at being around you guys. Um, I really want to say something profound that's going to impress you and have you like me. And I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, And I'm hoping this will shift so I can be just more connected with you guys and more relaxed around you. And that's what's going on right now. So I like to think that, you know, some people might be like, well, I don't want to hang out with that guy. Maybe some people might think that. And other people are going to think, 
I trust that guy. I trust that. I can relate to that. When I first joined this group, I felt like that too. Many people in the room also feel like that, like, like an imposter. How did I get here? Being with such huge names. So I, I forget the question now, but I remember the answer and I'm excited about the answer. Oh, what's the business application? Well, I'm going to go and hang out with these people uh, in July and uh, I'm going to bring them all a copy of the book. You think that's going to hurt book sales to have all these people know about it? Jack Canfield, God bless him, just wrote the forward to this book. A direct business application of me being honest and authentic. And after building the relationship for, for years, and I, and I, you know, I call Jack a friend. I love the man. Um, I named a desire mouse. I said, it'd be an honor if you consider an endorsement. And one thing led to another, and now it's the forward. There's direct business application. People will want to work with you. They will want to hire you. They'll be like, let's bring in that lady. Let's bring in that, that, that guy to, to, to work. They may not know why, but at some deep level, they will trust you and they will like you. And it's because you are being more you. And I say that stands, has you stand out from the crowd. Everybody else is doing the same old, same thing. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Everyone's doing that. No, stop. When people say, how are you? Stop and say, well, let me check. I close my eyes sometimes. I just check in with my body. And I realize, oh, you know, I'm a little, little fluttery right now. Like my energy is amped up. And I feel solid. And I feel excited. You can do that and then artfully name it. People go, who is this? Absolutely. Wow, you can say that? That's great. The, the last podcast host said, wanted to talk about when we first met. He said, tell people what happened when we first met. And I said, oh, when we first met, I said, why don't we do something different? How about I'll introduce myself for two minutes and I'll tell you the good stuff and the bad stuff, the stuff I have shame around, stuff I'm struggling with. I'll give you a real sense of me. And then if you're willing, you can do the same. He's like, no one's ever done that. Let's do it. After four minutes, we felt so connected. I feel like i got a friend now, not a colleague. So magic can happen. And who knows? Who, he's now, he said to me on that call, he said, do you know Spencer Johnson from Who Moved My Cheese? I said, I don't. He said, let me see if I can connect you. He'd be great to endorse your book, Mouse in the Room. And I said, you're right direct business. Now I'm not saying do this as a manipulation. You got to, you got to watch yourself because if you're like me, you can get strategic about it, catch yourself. And if you find yourself being strategically naming mice to try and bond with the person, that's a new mouse, name it. I notice I want to bond with you. I want to connect with you. I want to do business with you. I want you to think well of me. And so I was about to ask you a bunch of questions, personal questions to do that. You can call yourself out. That'll do more than artificially trying to bond with somebody. Absolutely. So David, uh, the book's releasing on the 13th. So where can the listeners find it? Thank you. Well, I'll tell, tell you where to find it. And I'm going to name a desire mouse that I have. You can find it at mouseintheroom.com. 
There's no V in front of it. We just kept it short. Mouseintheroom.com. There'll be a link to Amazon. There'll also be a link to some pretty cool bonuses that we're offering for the launch. And my desire is that you help me make some noise on June 13. It's a Monday. It's coming up very soon. Help us make some noise because I'm going to start a mouse naming revolution. I want to get shift our culture. And the way you can help us make some noise is set your alarm for noon Pacific at San Francisco time. If you're somewhere else in the world, noon Pacific, and then go and buy the book at that time. In fact, we're going to have a Kindle special for 99 cents because that's how the game is played these days. So buy 15 books for 99 cents on Kindle. That helps us reach the bestseller list. And once you've read the book, and if you love it, as I do, you can go into the back end on Amazon and gift those Kindle books to your friends, to your staff. I promise you, mouse naming will be so much easier if the people around you are also mouse naming and they know what you're talking about. It's like, hey, can I name a mouse with you? Oh, yeah. What you got? You know, oh, I, I got a mouse myself of my own to name. So much easier. So mouseintheroom.com. And look, if you happen to get hear this after June 13, still go to mouseintheroom.com, get your book. Um, but if you want to play and help us start a mouse naming revolution, this would be a good way to do it. I would like to put international bestseller on the front of this book, partly for ego reasons, if I'm going to name a, a, a self-expression mouse, but also because it's going to help open more doors into more corporations. And I want to shift corporate culture. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining today, for sharing your story and, uh, the mouse naming culture, you know, we're all about it. And uh, that's been very inspiring. Before you leave, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share? Whatever level of transparency you're operating at now, congratulations. That's huge. It took all of your life to get to whatever that is. <clears throat> Just consider what life could be like three months from now, six months from now, three years from now, if that gets bumped 30%, who's going to want to be around you? Who's going to want to be more like you? What, how much more love and true connection can you have in your life? How much more fulfilling could it be? Just consider that question. That's, what's, that's what I'm saying is available through Mouse in the Room. Awesome. Well, thank you very much and wish you the very best. Thanks, Wade. Appreciate you.